Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Monday, March 16th, 2020. It's Jay Zawoski with you here. Lockdown Blackhawks is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Yep, still no hockey. And it uh, doesn't seem like we're going to be playing hockey anytime soon, which, like we discussed last week, is probably the wise thing to do, considering everything we've learned about this coronavirus over the last, what, five, seven days or so. All the leagues are shut down. All the restaurants in Chicago are closing. Uh, this is absolute chaos, something I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Never even kind of imagined that I would see this in my lifetime. You know, you think about these sort of like, oh, you watch like, not that it's the same thing, but you watch like The Walking Dead. And you're like, well, you know, that's that's fantasy. And yeah, the zombie p- part of it's fantasy, but like, Jesus, <laughs> it's looking a little more realistic right now. I, for one, am totally freaked out. I am beside myself. I hate it. I I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to cope with it. So what I'm going to do is talk to you about hockey for a little while, and hopefully you enjoy it. We've got some things to get to. We've got some uh, listener questions to answer. Remember, tomorrow is officially Talk Back Tuesday, even though every day this week is Talk Back Tuesday. So hit us up, as always, 708-653-0572 on the voicemail line, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. On the email, Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. My personal account at jayzawaski670 and the Madhouse Podcast at Madhouse Pod. Leave me a message anywhere. I will find it. I will read it on the podcast just like I'm going to do today. A couple things I want to go over before we get to the questions. Uh, I told you last week we're going to come up with something to do while we're stuck in this, uh, I don't know what you call it, limbo of hockey. Here's the first thing we're going to do. We are going to watch an historic game from the 2010 season every week of the year that ever you know every week that goes on we're going to assign at least one game for you guys to watch and then we're going to discuss it as if it happened the night before so here's your homework assignment for wednesday we're going to discuss this game on wednesday's podcast 2010 april 24th predators at blackhawks Game 5, known in your hearts as Nashville Game 5. We are in the 10-year anniversary of the 2010 Cup run, so let's watch Game 5 together this week, and we'll talk about it on Wednesday, all right? The next week, we'll move on to another game from another series and so on and so on. Maybe we'll do two a week. We'll see how it goes, see how people react to it. But i gotten a lot of suggestions from listeners to go back and watch an old game, react to an old game, so with this being the 10-year anniversary of the Hawks' first Stanley Cup, hell yeah, Nashville, Game 5. I was just watching it a little bit on YouTube, and damn, the crowd is alive in that game. Alive as hell. They're electric. We'll get into it on Wednesday. There's more I want to say about that. But I will put the link to the YouTube video in the description, in the notes of this podcast. Otherwise, you can just look up the account. It's called NHL Playoffs Archive. That's the... Uh, YouTube channel, just real easy, Predators at Blackhawks, Game 5, Stanley Cup Playoffs 2010. Type that in, you'll find it. But again, the link is directly in the description of this podcast. So let's talk about that game on Wednesday. Let's live in that time, shall we? I think that sounds really great. All right, so there's your homework assignment for Wednesday. Another thing I want to get to real quick, Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic uh, had a and inside the NHL's conference call with GMs and what to expect next post on his latest column that came out on Sunday. Um, 
I'm not someone who typically reads a lot on the podcast, but I think word for word in this thing sort of matters. So I'm going to point out some of the more essential items from this piece, and then you can go on The Athletic yourself and read it. Again, Pierre Lebrun posted Sunday. There was a conference call held on Saturday for all 31 GMs uh, with the addressing the COVID-19 coronavirus situation and how they might proceed. Okay, so here's some of the highlights from Pierre Lebrun's piece on Sunday. The league heard from its medical professionals that shutting the whole operation down entirely for a period of time is the best way to assess and take the pulse of what the health of the NHL community is. The NHL hasn't had a positive COVID-19 test yet as of Saturday evening, although it should be noted, not surprisingly, that certain NHL players have been tested and the NHL doesn't have those results back yet. Other players are going to be tested over time. Everyone is going to have to see how that all plays out and whether the NHL has an issue to deal with immediately or not. The assumption is that the odds are the NHL will probably have some positive tests. But eventually, after all that's dealt with, the league plans to move into the next phase, which is the off-season training period where club facilities open the players who may be allowed to have coordinated workout skates probably in small groups. If things eventually start progressing in a positive manner with the COVID-19 crisis, and I think this is going to get worse before it gets better, LeBron says, then the next phase after that is a mini training camp period before the league can resume play. What the NHL resumes play to, format-wise, depends entirely on the timing of the next three phases above, and right now, there's no way of knowing that, including the reality, that they may not get through the first three phases if the crisis continues too long to salvage a season. So, it's not dead yet. It's not dead yet. There's a chance they play hockey. Now, again, this is all going to depend on how Americans sort of react how they um, behave during this whole thing if people are truly committed to sort of social distancing and and staying in their homes while they're told to and only leaving when they have to then this thing could be curbed a little earlier than later maybe right that's the hope that's why we're doing this that's why we spend the entire weekend in our house and much much longer beyond that trying to stop the severity of this thing and the better we all do with that, the sooner sports can return. And if we want hockey back, we've got to hope that this thing sort of gets itself solved sooner than later. LeBron says, I don't believe the NHL will wait forever to make that call. I don't think the NHL wants to string people out for months on whether the season resumes. If the NHL gets a strong sense it can't resume the season, I think it will hear that decision sooner rather than later. But if there's a light at the end of the tunnel, maybe that announcement waits a bit. The NHL should know within should know more within two or three weeks where this thing is going. My guess, by the end of April, this is LeBron speaking, by the way, we should know whether there's a season resumption or not. I don't mean the NHL needs to be playing by the end of April. I mean the NHL needs to know by then whether players can start training again in a mini camp before a season gets going again for real in May. So it looks like there's some hope. It looks like there's some hope for hockey to resume. Uh, let's hope, more importantly than hockey resuming, obviously, that this, thing's, this thing gets nipped in the bud and the curve starts going down. And hopefully all this preparation, all these adjustments everyone's making work out 
and we help the help resolve the problem before it gets worse. It doesn't seem very likely that's going to happen. It seems very likely it's going to get worse before it gets better. But hopefully, the worst it gets in the United States is lesser than it has been in other countries. By the way, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Lockdown to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Lockdown Blackhawks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Hawks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lockdown gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Hawks fans and a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Welcome back into Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here. Remember, your homework assignment for Wednesday morning is to watch Nashville Game 5 from 2010. The link to the game is in the description of this podcast. If you want to search for it yourself, find the YouTube page NHL Playoffs Archive, Predators at Blackhawks, 42410, Game 5, Stanley Cup Playoffs 2010, the entire broadcast is there, commercial-free, two hours. You got two hours for some hockey, don't you? I'm sure you're missing the game you love so much. I know I am, and I cannot wait to settle in and watch this game again. It's going to be interesting to watch these games from a non-stressful perspective, knowing the outcome, because watching them all was like, it was almost hard to enjoy. It was so damn stressful. People like to talk about how the Hawks-Kings Game 7 in 2014 was one of the best hockey games ever played and maybe they're right but I was a complete wreck and hated that game yeah maybe it was a good game I don't know if you don't care but watching your team trying to get into the Stanley Cup final and neither team would go away it was just back and forth that was a miserable experience and then the Hawks lost screw that game that game sucked maybe it was one of the best games ever played maybe it was one of the most exciting games in history but I didn't like it. People say that about the 2016 World Series. The Cubs and Indians, one of the greatest games ever played. Screw that. I was miserable. I was thrilled with the outcome, but I was a wreck. And when the Cubs won, I was almost more relieved <laughs> than anything. I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, dear God. Thank God they didn't lose again. Thank God there's not another, you know, uh, another enemy in Cubs history and another moment in Cubs history. I don't know if anyone else had that sort of feeling then, but it's going to be nice to look back on these hockey games with those sort of like, all right, we already know what happens. Now we can actually watch and evaluate this game without having our hearts in our throats the entire time. So, yep, for Wednesday's show, watch Nashville, Chicago, Game 5, 2010. Watch it on Monday. Watch it on Tuesday. We're going to talk about it Wednesday morning. I hope you will join me. Look, I'm going to find ways to keep this podcast going. (laughs) even without hockey i'm going to find a way so check out game five it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun to talk about all right one more uh, little bit of news i want to draw your attention to before we get to the listener questions uh the first person i saw 
do this in response to the uh, stadium employees losing work was Kevin Love of the NBA gave $100,000 to help ease the burden of those employees working at the stadium and some players and some teams have followed suit and sure enough on Saturday the Blackhawks and Bulls released a joint statement here's what it says the United Center ownership and the Chicago Bulls and Chicago Blackhawks on behalf of our front offices and players will pay day of game employees through the remainder of the originally scheduled season our employees whether they be front office staff or our approximately 1200 day of game staff our family and we will navigate this unprecedented situation together so good on the Hawks and a lot of teams have done that and that's what they should do when you've got billionaires owning both teams helping out those little people and I hate using that term but I'm probably one of them most of the people listening to this game would be considered a little person listening to this podcast rather would be considered a little person in the eyes of a billionaire right good that they're taking care of the people that help them make those billions on a night-to-night basis my cousin works at the ticket booth i have another relative who works in the suites everyone knows somebody who is touched by this thing maybe you're listening and you can't go to work right i'm working from home this week and it's a personal choice i could have gone to the office but i chose not with my you guys know i've talked about it before with my dad and poor health i need to be as accessible to him and for him as I can be, I'm not going to risk any further exposure until this thing dies down a little bit. So, look, we're all in it together. We're all having a hard time. But uh, good on the Bulls, good on the Blackhawks, and all the other teams around sports that have agreed to take care of their employees. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. And I know there's going to be cynics out there to say, well, you know, they were just pressured. Who cares? If the pressure worked, the result is what matters, right? That's what truly matters is the result. And uh, the Hawks and Bulls did the right thing. I also saw a report on Sunday night that the Cubs were looking to find a way. They're formulating a plan to pay their employees. So good. Good job. Take care of the people that really help you bring in all the money that you make on a game-to-game basis because they need it more than anybody. And we all know people in the service industry work their asses off all the time for very little reward for very little pay so thankfully these local teams are taking care of those people because uh like i said they need it probably more than anybody those part-time employees that rely on tips and all those things and look i know a lot of people have been um you know now with restaurants shutting down uh not letting people being people aren't able to go into a restaurant eat for a little while here if you're looking for something to do i know some people that own uh, breweries and restaurants around town go online and buy a gift card and then when they come back you'll have a gift card and you can go in there and eat and they will have uh, business being made money being made while this whole thing is going on so if you've got a couple places you love and you frequent or there's a couple places locally that are maybe new or you know could use the support go online buy a gift card That's a great way to help out those small businesses uh, during this crisis. Help your neighbors, help your friends, help those that need help. That's, That's the most important thing. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, watch Nashville, Chicago, Game 5, 
from the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs. The link to that game and the YouTube coverage of that game is in the description of this podcast. We will discuss it on Wednesday. We'll do a post-game show from a game 10 years ago. It's going to be a lot of fun just trying to keep things light, keep things fresh here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. And with that, let's get to our first voicemail of the show. Hey, Jay. It's Dale on the south side. Um, first off, thanks for keeping this podcast going. Very cool. Uh, I'm sure all the fans appreciate it, um, as do I. Um, quick question. What do you think the chances are of Seabrook maybe going in the expansion draft next offseason? He might come back. Um, maybe he'll be ready to play. The Hawks don't have to deal with that salary cap hit. Uh, either way, maybe that offseason Seattle picks him up. They have a name with some with some rings. He's from BC. Who knows? He'd have to wave his. I believe no trade doesn't apply to expansion draft. I could be wrong. Um, also, uh, Lily's Q for that uh, emailer who was going to their first game. I feel bad. Um, Lily's Q up on the three hundred level. I think three fifteen. Great local barbecue place that they have at the UC. One of the better stadium items I've had. It's a brisket sandwich. You get a brisket sandwich and a twenty four ounce. Bullet <laughs> bourbon and lemonade for both for 25, so uh, total. So that's uh, you know, nice little night there, anyway. Keep up the good work, thanks, man. Sorry for the uh, long voicemail. Dale never apologized for a long voicemail, it's less talking I have to do, and everyone loves that. That's when that's the case, that's a good thing. Your Seabrook thing, not a bad thought, however, because you mentioned this, but it's true. Seabrook has a no moving clause, so he would have to approve being left unprotected. The other thing is, you mentioned some reasons why Seattle might want Brent Seabrook, but they don't want Brent Seabrook. (laughs) They don't want to take on that salary for a guy who maybe can't play, who maybe never plays again, or if he does, he's a shadow of his former self, and he was a shadow of his former self before he had these surgeries. So I would find it unlikely that Vegas is going to be like, yep, three Stanley Cups, we want Brent Seabrook. Eh, it's coming off the surgeries and the hip and everything, I would say that if I was managing the Seattle draft, expansion draft, I'd be staying the hell away from somebody like Brent Seabrook. And you guys know, I love Brent Seabrook, one of my favorite Hawks ever. But it'd be really hard for me to justify, like, yeah, we need Brent Seabrook because reasons. Yeah, I don't think uh, what might have been two years ago where a team could look at that and say, all right, I'm going to bring in a great leader, a guy with some experience. Yeah, now it's no touchy. Social distancing from Brent Seabrook. That's what I went to. And hockey distancing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe great. If it happens, awesome. If it happens, that'd be great. But uh, And Dale, thanks for the Lily's cue recommendation i've been to the actual place not to the one in the united center uh, but anyone going to a game whenever they come back check out lily's queue it'll be good all right question here from sean ward actually actually several questions he says strom if he stays do we pay four million to resign as this season his contract season wasn't exactly a highlight real season if you can get dylan strom for four million you do it i Look, he was injured this year. He was not playing his natural position. There's a chance Jeremy Calton won't be the coach of this team next year, and some and whoever the new coach is will put Dylan Strom at center. If you can get him for four, absolutely you pay him $4 million. Absolutely. Dominic Kubelik, restricted free agent, but would we match more than $4 million for him? 
I think it's very unlikely he gets signed to an offer sheet. That almost never happens. It happened with Sebastian Ajo last summer, but that's the first time in forever that that's happened, and Carolina matched. Um, four million. I don't think it's going to take four million to get Kubalik. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive. I know he scored thirty goals, um, but he's not quite Panarin. I, I think everyone knows, looking at Kubalik, that he's not. Well, I'm just sort of thinking about this now as I'm talking it through. Brandon Saad makes six. And if the cap goes up, yeah, four is probably about right. I would think four, four and a half is about right. Now, you gotta if you're going to sign Stroman Kubelik for a combined 8.5, that's not terrible. I think you could live with that. But then how do you, here's the other thing. How do you pay Dylan Strom less than Kubalik? Because while Kubalik has had a better goal season, he's never had the point totals that Dylan Strom have had, or at least with the Blackhawks, right? And this year was a down year for him, no doubt, but he's spent a lot of time injured. 38 points in 58 games for Strom. If you do the math on that, 38 divided by 58 is .65 points per game. Kubelik had 46 points in 68 games, so 46 divided by 68, 0.67. So similar outputs this year. Yeah, 30 goals is big, no doubt about that. But I don't know, I I think I've just seen more consistency from Strom. He had 51 points in 58 games last year. Maybe just sign him to identical deals. And if you can get them both for eight, you are pretty pleased, I would think. Even eight and a half would be pretty pleasing, especially considering... You thought maybe early this season that Dylan Strom could get paid like $6 million? I don't think that's going to happen anymore. But if you can get those two guys locked up for eight, eight and a half, I think you take it. Then you got to figure out what you're going to do in goal. Do you bring Corey Crawford back? What is he willing to play for? That's the question. He makes $6 million this year. He's unrestricted. He's going to be 36 years old next season. He turns 36 on New Year's Eve of this year. So he'll be 35 when the season begins next season. Three? Three million? Two-year deal, three million each for Corey Crawford? That's $11 million added, 11 and a half to next year's Blackhawks team already. So, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, the cap's got to go up a lot. There's no doubt about that, but nothing's really coming off the books that's huge. Drake Kajula still needs a deal. The only thing coming off the books is Crawford. His $6 million deal becomes whatever you're going to pay him next. But Brinkett's new deal kicks in next year at 6.4. You'll be probably looking at buyouts for Mata and maybe for Zach Smith. And those will save you some money. But you also still have to fill out some roster spots. That's the other thing. And how are you going to do that? I don't know. You know, these are... Qu- these are the big off-season questions we need to have answered, for sure. But I don't know. I, I'm willing to pay top dollar for both those guys because they're worth it, and they're both young. More from Sean here. Andrew Shaw, what's going on with him? Any possibility he consider retiring to avoid long-term issues? Perhaps. But who knows? You know, Andrew Shaw never seemed to be a guy who valued his well-being, <laughs> you know, And one more question here from Sean. Do you think Ian Mitchell 
will sign with the Hawks after he communicated that last year and now that he's seen what the Hawks are actually doing. I do think Ian Mitchell is going to sign. I know there's been some uh, some lack of faith in that recently, probably just because it hasn't happened yet, but he was waiting for the college season to end. Now it's over because of the coronavirus. The Final Four, or the Frozen Four rather, was canceled. But I think the Hawks have some other things to handle right now before they figure out what they're going to do with Ian Mitchell. And who knows how even... I mean, this whole thing throws a wrench in it everybody's plans so it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen in the coming days coming weeks i think first i got to figure out are they going to play hockey again and then from there and then kind of go from there i don't know but i do think if i'm predicting i'm fairly confident ian mitchell is going to sign with the blackhawks and then you know you talk about a defensive group of keith mata murphy cuckoo bodan Boquist, Carlson, Mitchell, DeHaan, and maybe Brent Seabrook. It's not bad. It can be a hell of a lot worse. All right, thanks for listening in to this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. A little longer than usual, probably because I was a little long-winded. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Remember, Wednesday we're going to talk about Nashville Game 5, so check the YouTube link in the description of this podcast. I'll put it in there tomorrow as well in case you forget. And remember, Talk Back Tuesdays tomorrow. 708-653-0572 is the voicemail. Email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. Now that you've wrapped up this podcast, ask your smart speaker to listen to the latest episode of Locked on NHL. My name is Jay Zawoski. We will talk to you on Tuesday here on Lockdown Blackhawks.